be sure to visit Aaron on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share your favorite episodes, which are now available on all podcast platforms, including the Charisma Podcast Network. And consider becoming a financial partner by supporting this ministry. Visit AaronRios.com for more details. Have you felt limited? Have you felt like... I just can't move deeper in my prayer. I just can't move deeper in my hunger. I believe the the enemy has imposed some limitations and some dams in people's spiritual life that has prevented the flow. But I believe the dam is going to break. Welcome to Press On with Aaron Rios, lead pastor of Garden City Church, located in Beverly, Massachusetts. We pray that you are enriched, challenged, and inspired to press on towards the cause of Christ. Hey, I want to welcome you back to another episode of Press On. I'm Aaron Rios. I want to invite you, visit through the library of different episodes. I trust they'll bless you. I trust they'll minister to you. I don't often teach or share messages that haven't first impacted me. But I know if they've impacted me, then I believe they're going to impact somebody. I started this podcast several years ago as a way to encapsulate the messages that I was bringing to my congregations. And I thought, I wonder how these would transition from in-person to online. And I believe many of you have been blessed. So I just want to ask you, pray for me. Pray for my family. Pray for this ministry. If you feel led so into this ministry, but more importantly, share these messages with other people. There are people that need to hear these words that I believe are really from the heartbeat of God. There's been a theme that's been running through my heart and through my mind. I'm not sure how God speaks to you. I believe overall God should be speaking to all believers through his word primarily. In fact, if there's ever any inspiration outside of God's word, perhaps a thought or a theme or an idea that might you know, cross your mind, a sign or something, you need to bring it back and test it against the grain of God's word to make sure it passes the test because there's a lot of voices, there's a lot of spirits, there's a lot of influences out there that are all working to lead God's people astray. So we need to test all of the words that are given, mine included. But there has been a theme that's been in my heart and in my mind, and it's been simply this, the dam is going to break. And that's not a prophetic word for some type of catastrophe. No, I believe in the spirit that there's been something restraining people, God's people. Have you felt limited? Have you felt like I just can't move deeper in my prayer. I just can't move deeper in my hunger. I believe the the enemy has imposed some limitations and some dams in people's spiritual life that has prevented the flow, but I believe the dam is going to break. Let me stop right there. Let me talk to you a little bit about dams. Truth be told, I thought I knew more about dams. I didn't really know that much until I did a little bit of research. I read up on the Tetan Dam catastrophe just occurred in 1976. It claimed 11 lives and 13,000 cattle were lost in this. The price of that dam today would be equivalent to about half a billion dollars. What's the purpose of dams? Why do people build dams? There's quite a few reasons. Dams are built first for irrigation purposes. Dams are built for hydroelectric power. Dams are built sometimes for flood prevention. And then dams are built for water retention as well. Despite all the reasons dams are built, they all accomplish the same thing the same way. They subvert the flow 
of water. Oh, this is what I want you to hear today. It's become evident to me that there are some spiritual dams that have been placed in the lives of God's people to keep you, to keep me from experiencing just the rapid flowing overflow of abundant life. You got to hear me today. When I look at the reason that dams are put in place, I can't help but see a spiritual parallel as to why the enemy would try to camp out and place these dams and block the move of God in your life. Let's look at a couple of those reasons again, but maybe through a spiritual lens and see if we can see somewhat of a parallel here. Remember, the idea of a dam is to subvert the flow, okay? So let's think of irrigation, for instance. The idea is redirecting the flow in order to get water to its proper place. Uh, That's to say that this flow isn't working. We need to get the water elsewhere. I wonder if you have felt worn out and you're saying, you know, I've been doing it this way. This is not, this isn't meeting it. Going to church, reading the word, um, these prayer groups, whatever it is I'm doing, it's not working. I've been praying for my marriage. I've been praying over this illness. I'm going to divert and maybe I'm going to seek out a different source or I'm going to try it, but this way. God's saying, do it this way. If you are hungry and thirsty, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. But we're saying, "Eh, it's kind of working, but I'm going to try this. I'm going to subvert the flow in order to find maybe a different source or to to bring the sources together. I'm going to irrigate the the presence and the promises of God. What about hydroelectric? That's where the flow is limited and and then the water comes out in a very specific spot in order to generate power. And I see this in my life often where maybe I'm feeling so spread thin, I'm not feeling effective, I'm feeling weak in other areas, so I'm only going to focus on what I feel good at, what I feel gifted at, what I feel talented at, where I feel strong. And maybe this might be a challenge in the lives of many Christians where we're not allowing our ourselves to be as effective as we ought to because we feel weak. But God says it's in your weakness that his power is demonstrated. The enemy wants to subvert your effectiveness, your reach, because maybe you don't feel strong enough. What about flood prevention? Oh, this is a good one. Again, I don't want to stretch and I don't want to make more of this than it ought to be. We'll dive into scripture in just a minute here, but just as some of the ideas and thoughts that have been running through my heart, when I think of flood prevention, this is to maintain the flow, to subvert the flow with particular boundaries. Why? Well, we don't want it to become a mess. We don't want things to to carry over where it shouldn't be. But, you know, sometimes we're trying to maintain the presence of God out of appearance because we don't want it to get messy. But when you start working with people, when you start dealing with matters of life, it's going to get messy from time to time. Uh, Maybe we shouldn't try to control and maintain. Maybe the river of God just needs to flow all over the place. It It needs to flow everywhere and anywhere. And then, of course, water retention, that is speaking to just limiting the flow, the presence of God through religion and through practices that don't really yield any life. Are are you stuck in a cycle where you're not feeling life? God wants you to walk in life and life more abundant. Remember, all of the objectives of a dam, they have one thing in common. They limit and divert the flow of water for an alternative purpose an alternative purpose. This is what I see happening in the church. I see it happening in my life. I see it happening in the lives of many of God's people trying to control and redirect the move of the spirit. But what if in the spirit, there ought not be any dams? 
What if there is in fact a river that should flow and flood all along the riverbanks, a spiritual rushing river that will soak and saturate the driest land? Are you feeling dry? I'm of the conviction that there are dams that have been erected in the hearts and in the lives of people. Unlike the dams that we build for, you know, for perhaps good purposes, <laughs> the dams that I see in the spirit, I believe the enemy has been working hard to build these dams. Why? To limit the flow. So I meditated on this and I had to then ask the next question. How do you break dams? I read about the Three Gorges Dam that was built in 1994 in China. This is apparently uh, a tremendous undertaking, a feat of architecture, uh, an incredible work. It, it was supposed to be one of the most powerful dams ever built, but you just can't calculate for nature. And this dam experienced some failure. Needless to say, there have been many dams that have experienced catastrophic failure, like the Tetan Dam and many, many others. So how do dams fail? How do dams break? Well, it would seem that most dams fail at the point of, get this, at the point of increase. That means greater rain creates greater water, greater water levels, greater currents. Dams fail at the point of increase. See, a dam can only stop so much, but when the rain comes and begins to fill the rivers and the currents get stronger, come on somebody, I believe this year we are going to see greater increase. We're, we're called to be able to see into the spiritual. And some of you have been fighting battles. You don't even know how you're still standing. Some of you are barely standing. And we still got several months left in the year. God is going to send the rains. God is going to send the rain of his spirit. I believe in Jesus' name, we're going to see greater increase of God's presence and his spirit. It's going to sweep away the dams that the enemy has implemented in the hearts and in the lives of God's people. You, you got to say amen to that. Say, Lord, come and sweep away my dams. God, come and sweep away those things that have been limiting your flow and your presence in my life. Let's look at John 7, 38. It says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And to better understand the scripture, you need to understand that number one, Jesus is referring to something spiritual, naturally, purely spiritual, but you also got to put it in context. What is Jesus talking about? Jesus is affirming his lordship and his deity to the crowd. He's saying, I'm the source. I'm the one you're looking to. And it stands true today that we have to not just look to Jesus. I've heard some people say, just look to Jesus, but you need to fix your eyes on Jesus. You need to pay deep attention. You know, every time I'm talking to my kids when I'm correcting them, I always say, wait, look at me in my face, make eye contact with me because I want to talk to you about something deep. I want to go deep there. I want to talk to you. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know my conviction. I want you to know what I'm deeply trying to communicate to me. Don't just give me some passing eyes. Stop and intently look. Jesus is calling you to intently look to him. And when that happens, he wants to gift you with his spirit. And he's telling us that it's going to occur in your inmost part, within your belly. That refers to your womb. It refers to the secret place, that area in your spirit where life is conceived. River represents what? Powerful 
rushing currents that saturate, purifies, satisfies. Jesus is talking about abundant life here. The key to abundant life is the flow. The key to abundant life is the flow of the Spirit of God. See, if the enemy can hinder the flow of the Spirit of God in your life, listen, he can't stop God. The devil can't stop God. But through disobedience and being unwilling to submit to God, we omit ourselves from what God is doing. Listen, you're not stopping God. You're just omitting yourself from what God wants to do in your life. Is there a hope? Is there a promise? Is there something that God has whispered to you and said, I'm going to do this in you? I'm going to do this through you, but you're not experiencing it. Have I omitted myself? I like to ask myself that question. God, I know your word says, you know, your promises are yes and amen through Christ. Like all of the promises that you find in scripture are fulfilled in Christ. And I believe some of those are even applied to my life. I believe there's things that you want to do in me and through me, God. I believe you want to save. I believe you want to restore. I believe you want to heal. I believe you want to deliver. I believe there are great promises. Oh God, why am I not experiencing those things, I have to stop and ask, Father, is there sin in my life that's omitting that? Listen, not everything in your life is because of sin. Sometimes it's because of season. Sometimes it's because of process. But I want to first make sure that I'm not missing something because of an area in my life that's not yielded to Christ. Are you fully yielded to Christ? I think what you're going to discover is every day you've got to yield yourself to Christ. But you got a lot of Christians that they're not even asking that question. They've never considered, am I yielded to Christ? Only thing they've considered is, yeah, I've been to church a couple of times this year. But listen, it's 2021 going into 2022. And in the coming years, that is no longer going to cut it. God is looking for a bride that is wholly yielded to him. He's looking for a people that is wholly submitted to him. And I, I submit to you today that you've got to begin to ask God to take full control over your life. Lord, take full control. I yield myself entirely to you. Search me, oh God. Know my hearts. Know my anxious thought within me. Try me. Test me. Prove me. Refine me. We got to step up and start praying some bigger prayers. There's a lot of people that are living under the constant strain and tension of anxiety and frustration and depression. Why? Because a flow in their life has been stopped and they're being robbed of abundant life. And Jesus made it clear that he is the source of the refreshing life-giving water. Life is found solely in him and him alone. The devil doesn't want to just stop you from experiencing the blessings of God, the hand of God. He's trying to get you to miss out on the presence of God. The devil wants to entrap you with the pleasures and the cares of this world. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 13. He says there was a farmer who went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil so it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Now, Jesus later explains this parable to his disciples, and he, he tells us that when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. Now, this is key because this is about a lack of understanding. 
you've got to understand God's word in order to take hold of it. But it's just on the surface when there's no understanding. God wants you to have a deep understanding. Don't just barely hear the word. Go after understanding. It says the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, no understanding, it lasts for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to some, someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. My goodness, I, and that's something I've never paid attention to before, but the key to growth is understanding what God is trying to speak to you. The enemy wants to implement dams in the lives of God's people to not only prevent you from walking in the presence and the flow of God, but to keep you from ever understanding what God has for you and what his word is trying to declare in your life. I want to declare today that those dams are going to crumble. Those dams are going to crumble in Jesus' name. I can attest to feeling overwhelmed. A few weeks ago, I had to fight for a minute just to get my joy back. Thanks be to God, however, the source of my joy and my hope and my confidence is in Jesus. So it's always just a matter of holding fast to him, looking to him, and then doing what David said, oh my soul, you will bless the Lord. I have to dictate sometimes. I gotta beat my soul into submission and say, you will pray. You will believe in God. You will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. What about you? Do you feel blocked? I'm sure you could point to particular areas of your life where you might say, I feel blocked, but if only this was resolved, I'd be a bit happier. Do you have a this only? If only this, if this only. I want you to know that this is a trap the enemy puts in front of us. He wants to convince you and me that if only, fill in the blank, worked out. If only there was more money. If only I had this. If only I had that person. Then I would be happy. The devil wants you to have as many if onlys in your life as possible to keep you on the hamster wheel of dissatisfaction, pursuing, pursuing, pursuing false joys and false hopes. Jesus comes along and he says, despite not having, despite that lack, despite that illness, despite that insufficiency, I am with you. Despite that, you can be happy. Get off the hamster wheel. Here's what John 5.10 says. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. I got news for you. God is concerned with your happiness. God is concerned about your happiness. God is concerned about your joy. Now, listen, that's not the most important thing. Sometimes God wants to observe and watch how do you respond in those seasons of tension where you're not walking in abundance in the fullness, and he's there. He's watching. Some of you are going through trials. God is watching. He's watching you. You're being tested. You're being refined. He's going to prove something in you. He's going to reveal what's in your heart. He's going to show you what you're made of. Then he's going to show you who he is. He is in you. Be faithful. What's the things that Jesus is speaking about in John 5 when he goes on to tell them, I've spoken this so that my joy may be in you. You know what's really interesting about that? He's talking about trouble, hardship, and persecution. What's the point? The point is that happiness is not found in the absence of trouble. 
It's found in Jesus as he removes the debris that blocks the rushing river's life. I want to say that again. Happiness is not found in the absence of trouble. It's found in Jesus as he removes the debris that blocks the rushing river of life. If you feel stopped up and blocked, we got to go back to scripture. We got to reread God's word and believe, believe what God says. Believe that God loves you. Believe that God has not abandoned you. Believe that God is faithful. Believe that though it might feel like life is out of control, God holds you in the palm of his hand. Sometimes it's okay to be overwhelmed. The best possible way to be overwhelmed is through the promises of God, his deep love for you. That's being overwhelmed in the best way possible. And as you become overwhelmed by the blessings and by the promises of God, I believe that the content of that water level is going to begin to rise as you fill yourself up and begin to declare what God's word has to say for you and over your life and over your family. And you can say, devil, you can't take my joy. Devil, I know I'm going through the storm, but God is with me. He is with me. He will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He will never abandon me. I know it may seem like all hope is lost, but it's always in the bleakest seasons that the power and the presence of God is demonstrated. I want you to keep holding on because it's only a matter of time before the dam breaks and the rushing current of his spirit will begin to flow. I'm trying to tell you that revival is in the land. I'm trying to tell you that God still has a plan. He hasn't left the church. Jesus is still in the building. Let's invite him in right now through prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, you can see where in my life I feel stopped up and where other people feel blocked. They feel stopped. God, but I ask you that you would send a flow. God, send a current. Send a current that'll break through the dam, break through the barriers, sweep away the chaff, sweep away, oh God, the debris that's been robbing your people of abundant life. It's time that we stand up and begin to walk as people of God. I believe the dam is gonna break, oh God. I'm gonna hold tight. I'm gonna hold fast. I believe our deliverer is coming soon. I believe revival. The fire's already been kindling across the land, but here's my prayer. Lord, visit me with revival. Let that revival begin within my heart, within my mind. Jesus, we need the sweeping presence of your spirit to bring revival. Come and saturate the dry and thirsty land once more. Thank you, Father, that you are faithful. Help us to hold fast until your salvation is seen. In Christ's name we ask this, amen. Thank you for joining us. If today's message encouraged you to continue running the race, we invite you to share this message with others. Until next time, keep pressing on.